the game. Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, Financial Coach, welcome to episode 52, how to create content and conversations. But first, a review from Michelle. Review says, hi, Kelsa, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for, yes, your humility in recording podcast episodes 41 and 42, especially number 42. It was the best podcast I've listened to all year. Even though I listened to it, I could see you squirming in your seat and giving yourself eye rolls as I listened along. I even teared up several times at the quiver in your voice as you shared the big lessons you have learned. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so real and sharing your big oops with all of us to learn from. I am sure there will be episodes I have on repeat as I grow my business. Thank you so much, Michelle. Those were uh, hard and emotional episodes to record, but I am so grateful for you letting me know that they've helped you. That makes it all worthwhile. Thank you so much. All right, Coach, I'm super pumped for this episode. I have experienced quite the journey with social media, and where I've come to is a really positive and uplifting place, and I hope this episode helps you to get there too. This is not meant to be an anti-social media episode at all. If you enjoy social media, by all means, keep doing it. If you're getting clients from social media and it's working for you, by all means, keep at it. As Alexis says on Schitt's Creek, I love that for you. But some of you are killing yourselves trying to play the social media game, and it's exhausting you and making this journey more dreadful than it needs to be. Or maybe it is working for you and you mostly enjoy it, but you also feel very tied to it. Like you have to respond to DMs right away when they come in or you can't take time away because then the algorithm will be mad at you and then you're screwed. This episode is for you. For me, I noticed that there were a few different ways where I felt like social media had this power over me and I had to shift my perspective and change how I do things in order to reclaim that power. If you feel powerless, I hope this episode helps. The inspiration for this episode has come from so many places. I feel like the universe has given me so many instances lately where I've been able to gain a new and fresh perspective on social media, and it has felt quite amazing. I shared in an email recently, which, by the way, if you're not getting my emails, you should head over to financialcoachacademy.com forward slash subscribe and add your name to my email list. Uh, But I told the story of how over a year ago, I hired a business coach who had this amazing online presence. I thought she had the same value system as me, but once I hired her, which was a five-figure investment, by the way, I quickly realized that she did not run her business or her life according to those values, and she didn't actually know shit about shit. It was all fake. She had a massive social media following, and some of you may even follow her, but social media was just her curb appeal. She had a pretty exterior and a nice welcome mat to her business. But once you were inside, she didn't have any plumbing and there were holes in the wall. But here's the thing. Unless you invest five figures, you wouldn't have any idea. You would continue to look at her online presence and think, she's a great coach. She's got it figured out. She's a success. 
Then a few weeks ago, I did a one-to-one with a business coach who I got connected with through a mutual client of ours. She raved about this coach and his program and how much he helped her. I started following him on Instagram and noticed that he had 275,000 followers and his content was really good. Wow, I was super impressed. Someone who had nice curb appeal and it appeared they maintained a well-kept house too. So when we met, I was stunned to find out that he has never gained a client from Instagram, not one. Now, of course, we could analyze why that is all day. We could look at his calls to action, what type of content he's sharing, who that content is attracting and resonating with, and are those the types of people who are also his ideal clients, and all of those things, right? But none of that really mattered because he told me, I just enjoy it. I like creating content for social media, so that's why I do it. How many business owners are as honest and transparent as this guy? How many coaches with 275,000 followers would gladly admit, yeah, I don't actually get any clients from it though. I found it refreshing. Unless you did a one-to-one with this coach though, you might continue to look at his online presence and assume he's getting so much business or his business success is connected to this when it's not. These instances plus others have made me realize how many of us base what we think of someone on their online presence. How many of us are using someone's online persona as a factor in determining what we think of them or what we think we know about them? How many of us are putting a lot of weight behind what we see online? Are we making decisions about others because they're not posting on social media consistently, or they're not really on social media at all. In other words, maybe they don't have the best curb appeal and we're making that mean they don't keep a nice house. How many of us are letting social media cloud our judgment and our ability to be discerning? And if we are doing it in one way, could the reverse also be true? Are we judging ourselves for not having a big online presence? Are we basing our opinions of ourselves and our own business on this idea that we don't appear successful or professional because we're not on social media enough? We don't post consistently enough. We're not doing all the right things like reels or we don't have a big following. I'm sure you know this, but I have to remind myself of it. So I'll remind you too, just in case. Followers do not equal clients. Followers do not equal business success. Followers does not equal your worth or your expertise. For me personally, I'm realizing a period of time where I put an unhealthy emphasis on social media and it was not good for me or my business. I was basing my opinions of people off what I saw on social media. One way I'm reclaiming power over social media, and I'd love to encourage you to do the same, is I am not drawing any conclusions about a person based on their social media. I will get to know them through real conversations. Before I hire someone, I will do a consult with them or call and speak with them over the phone in some capacity. I will look at their social media, but I will ask questions like, I saw you posted this, exactly how does that show up in what you do for people or in your business and in the way you make decisions? I will talk to people who have hired that person and ask about their experience. And by talk with someone, I mean really talk to people, not just DM with them, because how they say something is just as important, if not more important than what they say. Let's say a coach talks about having a client-centric approach to their coaching, something I very much believe in. 
I will ask, how do you do that? What things do you have in place today that show this is something you care about? Another way I realized I had given some of my power over um, back to social media is when it comes to creating content specifically for social media, as opposed to the way that I create content best. I was prioritizing the algorithm and it left me feeling burnt out, disconnected, frustrated, and uninspired. And it was such a departure from where my business success has really come from over the past 15 years. I'm going to date myself just a little bit here, but I launched my business in 2008. And at that time, social media was nothing like it is today. Facebook still required a .edu email address, if you remember that. And the things you shared were personal, job changes, what you ate for dinner, or a funny statement, or a question every now and then. It was not a place for small business owners to share. Business pages, videos, ads, and groups did not exist on Facebook at the time. And Instagram, well, Instagram wasn't even invented yet, and even LinkedIn was used completely different than it is today. My business grew from having conversations with people in real life. I attended a lot of networking events and conferences and just talked with people. You'll often hear me say that conversations create cash. Your goal, my goal, is to have conversations. Social media is simply one tool for having conversations, but you can have conversations in lots of ways. Social media is just one of them. In that sense, you don't need social media to run your business successfully. Your business can survive without social media. And if you absolutely hate social media, you don't have to do it. You must have conversations, but there is nothing to say you have to have those conversations online. If you secretly dream of not spending so much time or energy on social media, give yourself permission to dream of that. If your goal is to have conversations, how can you do that in a way that feels best to you, most natural or easiest to you? If you secretly dream of not spending so much time or energy on social media, but then your next thought is one of fear or worry, maybe something like, but how would I get clients? Coach yourself through that in a productive and problem-solving way. Here are some fear-based thoughts about social media that you could be experiencing. If I don't do social media, I won't get clients. Are you getting clients now from it? Every business has to have social media. Every business needs to have conversations but those don't have to be social media conversations. I just need to post more or crack the code on what I'm doing. Then it will be worth it. But will you enjoy it then? In other words, is the only reason you don't enjoy it now due to not getting clients from it? The process otherwise is enjoyable for you? What if you shifted these thoughts? I can be successful without social media. I just have to find a way to attract clients that will work for me. People do this every day. Or I can post on social media, but in whatever way will be fun for me, and then spend the rest of my time and energy attracting people in a way I enjoy. Or I have to focus on having conversations with people. How can I do that in a way that I will truly enjoy? And here's the last one. My energy is the fuel to my business, so I'm going to find ways that give me energy, not take it away. That last thought is what I chose to lead with over this past year. I told myself, my energy is the fuel to my business, and social media is zapping my energy. If I were to create content in such a way that it gave me energy, what would that look like? I started to look at my content as art. I started to see myself as a financial artist, 
Some people paint pictures of beautiful landscapes. Some people write fiction books. I talk and write about money. So I started thinking about my work as art, and then I asked myself, how can I create in such a way that I feel continuously connected to my work? What would my process of creation look like? I think about prolific writers such as Stephen King or Toni Morrison, who did didn't wait for creativity to strike. They would write every single day. And Bob Ross painted every day. They connected with their art form daily. Instead of prioritizing social media, I I allowed myself to start with a blank slate, a blank canvas, so to speak. Here's what I asked myself, and I hope you will reflect on this as well. I can create my art. I can connect with my work in whatever way will feel best to me. So what way is that? My answer surprised me. I realized that I wanted to write about my work more. Now, if you've known me at all these past few years, I would often declare, I'm a terrible writer. I'm better with numbers than I am words. So to say that I wanted to write more surprised me. But that's when I realized I never used to consider myself a bad writer until social media became more popular. And that's because I can't write for social media. I'm not concise enough. I'm not punchy enough. It's not my natural style of writing. I enjoy long-form content. Back in the day, before I had a business as a financial coach, I actually had a blog. It was private, so only friends and family could read it, but I would write about my money and financial decisions that I was making. I would also talk about my training because at the time I was running marathons and big into CrossFit. Get this, my original blog was something like Savvy Fit Chica. This was 2003, 2004, I think, maybe 2005, but it was under the name Savvy Fit Chica. How funny is that? Even before I knew myself as a financial coach, I would just write and share my journey and experiences with people. It's why people saw me as a money person when I eventually launched my business. I enjoyed writing when it was just a creative outlet for me, when I didn't have anyone or anything putting structure to what I shared and how I shared it. I like exploring the nuance of situations that we face with money and in business. I enjoy sharing my thoughts about a decision we are facing even before I have a decision made, because in my opinion, the final decision isn't the point, the thought process is the point. But because I was prioritizing social media and a lot of social media platforms aren't conducive to long form content, I have been beating myself, my head against the wall with content creation. It felt forced because it was forced. It wasn't natural. I don't actually know a lot about painting, so this might be a really terrible analogy, and you can drop me a note and let me know if that's the case, or you know, you can just laugh at me, it's fine. Um, but I sort of imagine that it would be like a painter who typically uses oils or watercolor to paint, suddenly switches to spray paint, and then wonders why the finished artwork doesn't look as good. I want you to think about if your work was your art. What modality do you want to use to create your content? Ever since I made the switch in my mind, things have fallen into place. I've enjoyed the creative process more, and I've even enjoyed social media more. And oddly enough, I don't even care what the stupid stats (laughs) uh, show on social media, but now that I don't care, they've literally all shot, shot up. Every marker across the board has gone up, and the only reason I care even at all is because It's simply validating what I'm already feeling, that my new creative process is working for me. Only you decide how you want to create your art. Then ask yourself if social media plays a role 
It doesn't have to. It might not. I now start my day with a writing ritual. I'm a morning person, so I get up at 4.30, grab my coffee, and go on my back porch. I even have a little space heater because it's a little chilly in the morning in Phoenix. And I write. I write until my kids wake up. If you get my emails, I'm probably writing those emails to you. If you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm writing the script for this. Uh, Both are longer forms of content where I feel like I can really express myself. This is my art. And then I'm taking this long form content that is more my natural style of creation. And I'm simply putting snippets from it and putting them into a document for social media. The result is that content creation and social media no longer feels like a chore. It actually feels enjoyable because it simply acts as a supplement to what works best for me. I've reclaimed my power. The final way that I've reclaimed my power is not related to how I create content for social media, but how I use it overall. I decide when I'm going to check social media. I don't have them bookmarked so they're easy to click on. I don't have the icons on my phone screen so they're easy to click on. I don't see if I have notifications. I don't have any notifications turned on for any social media apps. I don't respond immediately to DMs or comments. I'm so sorry if you've DM'd me and I haven't responded quickly. I treat social media like my inbox. I have set times during the day when I check my emails and set times when I respond to emails. I decide this, not the platform or the notifications. I am really great about honoring boundaries with my emails. I don't respond over the weekend, and I forward questions that I get to my team if they can handle them. But for some reason, I hadn't established these boundaries with social media. But as soon as I did, I became less attached to it and actually enjoy engaging when I am on it. I now have more quality engagement when I'm online because I know I'm only going to be on there for a limited time, so I want to make the most of it. I don't scroll endlessly, and because I'm not scrolling endlessly, you know what? I don't really see what everyone else is doing, and it doesn't matter because I'm doing it my way. Uh, And it doesn't really matter. I'm glad that other people have their way, right? Like if reels are your thing, by all means, keep doing reels. I think that sounds horrible. (laughs) I do not want to record reels. I don't. That does not sound fun or enjoyable for me at all. Plus, by not knowing what everyone is up to all the time, I find I'm actually having those real-life conversations more often because it's how I stay connected now. I'm talking to my friends and my sisters more, and I'm connecting with other coaches when they come to Phoenix. I'm attending more in-person meetings and trainings, and it all feels really amazing. For me, in-person conversations are where I feel most natural, so this works for me. My goal for you is not that you do everything the way I'm saying I found works best for me. That's not the point of this episode. My goal, coach, is that you give yourself permission to create content and create conversations in whatever way feel best for you. Maybe that does include social media, but maybe it doesn't. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the importance of community and community over competition and how to ask for help as a financial coach. Coaching is all about figuring out what you think of something and how that is impacting how you feel and the actions you take. In order for us to honor this coaching philosophy, I'd like to end every episode with a question for you to reflect on. It also creates the opportunity for you to share your thoughts with me and other financial coaches. If you are watching on YouTube, drop a comment with your answer to today's question, or you can head on over to financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast, and we've now added a spot where you can share your answer to today's question with me directly. So here it is. I can create my art. 
I can connect with my work in whatever way will feel best to me. So what way is that? I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, free trainings, and events. As always, I love hearing from you. If you have questions for this podcast or just want to leave your thoughts with me, like I said, head on over to financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast and share those with me there. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review. It would mean the world to me. I'll see you next week, coach.